It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes, it is hump day. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are having conversations about really important events. We've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to be going through some headlines in segments one and two. Thrilled to have in studio with me is my guest chick, Audrey Carlson with Liberty Oilfield Services. It's great to have you here. So we're, we're going to go through a variety of things here. Um, we're going to talk about, with you, Audrey, health and hydrocarbons. And uh, Chris Wright, who's the founder of Liberty Oilfield Services, has done a really important video uh, regarding just how hydrocarbons have, have brought more people out of poverty and helped people with both their health and their economic well-being. And it is a fascinating uh, video. Yeah, if you think about what before, life before hydrocarbons, it's an area I do not want to be alive for. <laughs> That's so. for sure. So we're going to talk about that in segments three and four. Uh, one of the things that we continue to talk about is socialism. A number of people think that socialism is social, and we have a lot of that coming out of our education system. Actually, people, everyday people don't do very well under socialism. Socialism is force. And the questions we look at at each of these issues, is it freedom versus force, force versus freedom? And it's never compassionate to take others' rights, property, or freedom via force, whether with a weapon, um, policy, or unpredictable and overtaxation. And a frequent guest, millennial Steve Kessler, Ph.D., has us ask three questions when we're talking with people. Do you have any skin in the game? Are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? You felt good, but did you do good? And so we have seen this move towards more government control, more socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And uh, we need to be vigilant on this and to be pushing towards freedom at all times. I want to say thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith for the, the great support and good work for the team. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Each of you is valued and treasured, and I greatly appreciate you. Uh, Steve, do you have a comment before I move into the next thing? You look like you were very pensive and thinking. Are you serious at this time of the day? No, uh, actually <laughs> something humorous. Uh, I can think it was MRC TV. They put the thing, the little uh, video clips on Facebook. The on the man on the street stuck a microphone in this young lady's face regarding socialism. And she's, he's saying, why, why is it so great? He says, well, I just think it's a good thing for us overall, person to person. Like here we are, we're being social. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, <laughs> so it's a it's a bit concerning, but that's why we have this conversation every Monday through Friday, is so that we can talk about these important issues and hopefully arm you to have reasonable conversations with others about these important issues that are going on in our country. I wanted to let you know, a good friend of mine, Lynn Spence, is uh, she, she's uh, stepping up to do something, and she is going to uh, be having a, a national popular vote signing this Saturday morning, 9 to 11, 
at a new coffee shop at Kipling and Bellevue. It's called Ground Up Coffee, and it's at 5035 South Kipling Parkway. And uh, if uh, that doesn't work for you, check out coloradovote.org for other locations. And what this is is to get the question on the ballot whether or not Colorado will go with the national popular vote, which what that means is that gives us, that gives our vote and our voice to these big population centers like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. So would you like to have Coloradans vo- vo- uh, vote and voice here, or would you like to give it to those big population centers? And so they are wanting to get this question on the ballot, and Lynn will be out at this um, ground-up coffee cafe at Kipling and Bellevue, Saturday morning, 9 to 11. So go out and say hello to her and say thank you for stepping up to do that. Wanted to do a bit of a clarification. Yesterday we talked about uh, the fact that the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that a complete repeal of TABOR, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, can be on the ballot uh, in this next election. And uh, we realized, I, I thought I knew how the Supreme Court justices were chosen, but I realized that I wasn't sure. So Patty checked it out for us. And she said the Colorado Supreme Court has seven justices. Uh, Chief Justice is the chief executive officer of the state judicial branch of the government. The Supreme Court is the court of last resort or the final court in the Colorado court system. An individual who has appealed to the Court of Appeals and is still dissatisfied may ask the Supreme Court to review the case. In most situations, the Supreme Court has a right to refuse to do so. In some instances, individuals can petition to the Supreme Court directly regarding a lower court's decision. In addition to its legal duties, the Supreme Court has supervisory and administrative responsibilities. The Supreme Court has the supervisory power over all other state courts and over all attorneys practicing law in Colorado. Now, how we get our Supreme Court justices, in 1966, the people of Colorado passed a constitutional amendment which provides that state judges be appointed rather than elected on a political ticket. When a vacancy occurs in a county or district judgeship, the Judicial District Nominating Commission interviews applicants and recommends individuals to the governor for consideration and appointment. Three nominees must be submitted to the governor for judgeships on the Court of Appeals or Supreme Court. Two or three names can be submitted for county or district vacancies. Denver County is not part of the state system, and this process does not apply to their judges. Colorado's method for appointing of judges focuses on the qualifications of judges and has specific time limits controlling when the commission and the governor must act. Within 30 days after a vacancy occurs, the commission must meet, select its nominees based on written applications, recommendations, and personal interviews, and submit the names to the governor. The governor must select one of the nominees within 15 days after receiving the list of nominees. If the governor does not appoint someone within those 15 days, then the chief justice of the Colorado Supreme Court appoints one of those individuals to fill that vacancy. The judge so chosen serves an initial term of two years. The judge must then stand for retention in the next general election. If retained by voters after serving an initial two-term, state court judges serve following terms. County court, four years. District court, six years. Court of appeals, eight years. And Supreme Court, ten years. All Colorado state judges must retire by the age of 72. Okay, my friends, one of the things that I think that we should be concerned about is... um, the separation of powers here. Ultimately, if the governor is the person that selects those on the Supreme Court, we can see that that they are in a way beholden to him or her and ultimately may 
uh, affirm a bit of their particular agenda. And uh, so when we were talking about the fact that Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, they were denied at the title board that was taken to the Supreme Court, and they, they said, yes, that can be on the ballot. And I just think it's important to understand that we think that there's a separation, but I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people realize. So with that, Steve, did you have any comments on that? Or Nope, just getting an education. <laughs> That's what we're doing every morning. So last night was a big night down in Orlando. President Trump had his uh, kickoff rally for his reelection campaign. And uh, I had a really interesting conversation with someone yesterday that uh, they, uh, they asked me. We'd had a great conversation about some other things. And then he asked me about what I thought about the current political landscape. And I had a feeling that we may look at things differently. And I thought, you know... Uh, this can get interesting. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to come clean on it. I said, you know, I, I am a Trump supporter. I said, I, I wasn't on the Trump train initially. Out of the initial 17 people on the, on the ballot, I, he was kind of my 18th choice. But I really think that he has a great care for the American people and that he's really done a lot for them. You know, the economy... I said uh, GDP was 3.2% the first quarter. I said that lifts everybody's boats. Um, black unemployment, in fact, this person happened to be black. I said black unemployment is at record lows. Uh, women's unemployment is, you know, probably I think a 74, 75-year low. I mean, people are back to work. There's great dignity in work. And um, so, so he said, well, thank you. I hadn't really thought about that. I, you know, people talk about the economy, but they don't give me specifics. So uh, Patty and I were thinking about it. And we thought we'd go through some, some specifics of some of the things that uh, Trump has done. And uh, let me get to that particular piece of paper. You know, I, I just want to jump in there for a second. Why do you need specifics, sir? Look around you. Look at your own personal situation. I mean, he said, oh, well, people talk about the economy, but no one ever gives me specifics. How can you be so Well, I, I think what it is, vanilla. Steve, what I think it is, Steve, if, if you're watching this ma- the mainstream media on a regular basis, I, I mean, I was in shock. I was at an airport or something, was watching CNN, and I, I, I was like, oh, my. Well, there's your first mistake. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and so I, think that it's, so I think it's important that people read more and that people check different outlets, not just stay with one, not just stay with you know Fox or CNN or whatever, but but actually to to check out different places to try to get your opinion. And I I thought we're going to go to break and we'll come back with these um, these uh, uh, things that he's done. But our number three on our national headlines I find a bit troubling, and that is that Fox, CNN, and C-SPAN are barred from live coverage of the South Carolina 2020 uh, convention uh, for the, uh, I think that that is for the debate of the 21 presidential candidates, candidates on the Democrat side. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute, don't we want as much information as possible? And to me, this looks a bit like censorship. They have their one chosen uh, entity that's going to be reporting on that, that's MSNBC, and uh, and they're the only ones that get the live coverage. On the other hand, at the rally last night uh, for Trump, everybody was there. He acknowledged them, and everybody was there. And I think we have to be concerned in America if we don't have 
you know, multiple outlets that are reporting on a particular event. So this is a bit troubling, but I think it's to protect some of these Democrat candidates if they make a misstep. All of this is related in my mind. Uh, what I just said about the gentleman you were speaking with, he said, well, no one's ever given me specifics. Well, who is the no, uh, the no one or anyone? You need to go find the specifics. That's called being a citizen and doing your homework kind of on a daily basis. But, well, or you could listen to the Americhicks. Well, yeah, well, good. <laughs> and then what's going on with this you know, debate thing is like they picked their sacrificial lamb. It's kind of interesting. Not, they, they barred Fox, and you think, okay, well, of course they did. The sacrificial lamb here is CNN, in, in a sense. It's like, well, we want to be here to have some, or, yeah, let's have some level of fairness here. So we'll bar them both. <laughs> but, you know, you can see through that. It's, 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 you know, it's not hard to see what's really going on there. Well, yes, and uh, we need to have uh, more eyes on this process than less. We're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, the Rockies took it to the Arizona Diamondbacks last night, beating the Snakes 8-1. to The second game of the series is tonight, and then they move on to the L.A. Dodgers on Friday. And you know the place to watch all those games is Hooters Restaurants. Uh, Hooters is the place to be this summer. They have beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. They have plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer as well. Now, in the restaurant, Monday through Friday, they've got a great special. Nine items for 9 bucks, 11 to 3 p.m. And they have uh, great menu items like fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteaks, and, of course, those great boneless wings. So you can dine in for that. You can get other things to go, or you can have uh, Hooters delivered right to your front door. For more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Trump's accomplishments. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Auto FireGuard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution and sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. Kim Munson looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Steve, where is my brain? I started the show here, and I didn't give our inspiration or our humor. We're just caught up, and again, we're, 
daily were 10 pounds of stuff in a (laughs) five-pound bag. That's for sure. So, Okay, our inspiration for today is from Russell Kirk. He was an American political theorist, moralist, historian, social critic, and literary critic, and he's known for his influence on 20th century American conservatism. And you know what? I, I want to say, you know, conservatism has got been given a bad rap. And, but basically what it is, is it's the idea to conserve these things that, that were the vision of America, of, of uh, the, these inalienable rights of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, free markets, all those kinds of things. So I was thinking this morning, Steve, what do you think about this? Instead of calling people uh, conservatives... And, of course, I've been calling myself a conservatarian. We could call ourselves preservists, that we're preserving these great ideas. Maybe that's a new one. What do you think? Preservationists. A preservationist. There you go. So, Anyway, Russell Kirk said, Men cannot improve a society by setting fire to it. They must seek out its old virtues and bring them back into light. Again, men cannot improve a society by setting fire to it. They must seek out its old virtues and bring them back into light. And as you know, for our funnies, I have found this crime a day. These are laws that are on the books, federal laws or federal regulations. And uh, just thought you would like to know that um, how you could, um, or don't do this so you don't um, uh, break the law. First of all, Steve, it is a federal crime to, to possess explosives after renouncing your U.S. citizenship. Wow. Who'd have thunk? (laughs) Number two, it is a crime to sell frozen goat custard unless you call it goat's milk frozen custard, frozen custard made with goat's milk, goat's milk French ice cream, French ice cream made with goat's milk, etc., etc., etc. So you could be in the slammer for that one. And lastly, it is a federal crime to buy a cat to eat as food. So don't be thinking about that, okay? I don't make this stuff up. This is real. Okay. We're going to run through some headlines here. This is written by Mark Simone on iHeart.com, March 10th, 2019. There are hundreds of successes on Simone's website, but here are some. He's broken them into 13 categories. Number one, igniting, and this is Trump's accomplishments, igniting a historic economic boom. President Trump's pro-growth policies are unleashing economic growth and providing opportunities to workers across the country. Real GDP grew at annual rates of 3.4% in the third quarter of 2018 and 4.2% in the second quarter. More than 5 million jobs have been created since President Trump's election. Unemployment remains below 4%. Uh, Since the election, 4.6 million Americans have been lifted off of food stamps. Manufacturing added 284,000 jobs in 2018, the most added in a year since 1997. Number two, rolling back red tape. President Trump is rolling back costly regulations that have burdened hardworking Americans and stifled innovation. He followed through on and exceeded his promise to roll back two regulations for every new one that was created. And we're doing on time. I'm going to get through all 13, and then we'll come back to them. How's that? Number three, negotiating better deals for the American people. President Trump is negotiating fair and balanced trade deals that protect American industries and workers. The United States-Mexico-Canada agreement will incentivize billions of dollars in auto and auto part production in the United States and create a freer and fairer market for American agriculture. Uh, There's the United States-Korea Free Trade Agreement. 
Argentina has opened uh, their markets to American pork and beef, Brazil to American beef, Japan to lamb, and Idaho to potatoes. Um, One of his first actions was withdrawing the United States from the terrible TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and that incentivized outsourcing. And then this last one, President Trump is holding China accountable for its unfair trade practices. Let's see. That was number three. So number four, unleashing American energy. You know, we had William Perry Pinley on yesterday. He'd written the book Sage, uh, Sagebrush Rebel, and uh, he had that important piece in the Washington Examiner that Reagan's vision regarding hydrocarbons uh, has actually made uh, America energy independent. 1977, President Carter said that we're going to run out of oil and gas in 30 years. And here we are 42 years later, and we are energy independent. And so President Trump is rolling back costly and burdensome regulations to unleash America's incredible energy resources. Of course, here in Colorado, we have uh, Senate Bill 181 that is actually trying to stifle that, but that's another conversation. Number five, he's expanding options for quality and affordable health care. The administration expanded short-term limited duration health insurance plans that are expected to be nearly 50% cheaper than unsubsidized Obamacare plans. He's expanded association health plans, which allows more employers to join across state lines. Uh, And I think that he also did something, I'm not going to get through all these, but I think uh, regarding posting uh, prices, the hospitals have to post prices. And then this last one, and he talked about this last night, he signed right to try legislation to expand access to experimental treatments for terminally ill patients. I find it absolutely unbelievable that somebody that is terminally ill and there might be a medication out there that might help them, that between them and their doctor prior to this, they did not have the choice to actually try that. Number six, he's fighting back against the crisis next door. He has mobilized the entire administration to combat the opioid crisis that has devastated communities across the country. Number seven. This is a big one. He's standing up for the sanctity of life and protecting religious liberty. And, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about this. Uh, it, it, the veil is really off now on this whole question on right to life and abortion. And we saw that with Governor Ralph Northam uh, in Virginia when he was on that radio program and said that they would actually deliver a baby in Virginia and then they would let the... Um, uh, the doctor and the, the the parents, the mother, decide whether or not that baby is going to survive. And that's one of the, that's I think a step too far for, for most people in America. Uh, they uh, had kind of been thought, you know, I remember when the, the feminist movement first started that, that uh, you know, abortion was talked about just a lump of tissue. Well, you know, we're realizing with science that that's not quite the case. And President Trump is taking a stand for life. And I think that that's a good thing. Steve. Just the quirkiness of, of the things that go flying ba- past us on a daily basis. Uh, just I saw two references to it yesterday. Uh, I guess there's, there's a big push to get birth control pills to be over-the-counter. But guess who's against that? Planned Parenthood. Really? Yeah. But why? Think it through. Oh, because then people could go get it themselves instead of having to go to Planned Parenthood. And less need for abortion. Oh, Okay. It attacks their bottom line. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought that. Okay. How twisted these things can get after a while. Well, you know, and I'm a free market girl. I, I, you know, with Planned Parenthood, if they 
you know, want to survive in a free market, that's fine. But they get a half billion dollars of tax money. And I don't think that that's okay. So, okay. Anyway, we're going to go to number eight. Keeping America, American communities safe. President Trump has made it clear that his first responsibility is to protect the safety and security of Americans. And my friends, if you don't feel safe and secure, there's no way that you can go out and create your businesses and take care of your families. So that is really important. Number nine. I need to get through these very quickly. Enforcing our laws and securing our borders. From the first day of his administration, President Trump has worked to uphold the rule of law and secure our borders. And number 10, he is rebuilding America's military force. And he is uh, defending America's interests across the world. Number 11, he is restoring American leadership abroad. He's on the world stage advancing the America First agenda. And when America does well, my friends... Most everybody else does well also, unless you have nefarious uh, ideas, and then maybe you're not going to do so well. Let's see. That was number 11. Number 12, he is honoring America's commitment to our veterans. President Trump has a commitment to our veterans by ensuring they receive the quality care they have earned. He secured uh, funding from the Department of Uh, for the VA to provide quality medical care for our veterans. He signed the VA Mission Act, revolutionizing the VA health care system. And he issued an executive order requiring the administration to improve access to mental health and suicide prevention resources for veterans. And um, he has uh, promised to create a White House VA hotline to provide veterans with 24-7 support. And then lastly, transforming government, and this is why I think they are going crazy in Washington, D.C. He has followed through on his pledge to transform the federal government and increase accountability and transparency. And you know what? That's good for the American people, and uh, I think that that's why uh, it's going to be a real interesting a uh, couple of years here during this next uh, election phase here. But I thought that it was important that you understand there's 13 different things, you know, groups that he's done, and within these, there's actual examples. And so, Steve, to that point, I think that we need to be able to communicate this with people and have reasonable conversations because some folks are just watching that mainstream media. So we have to be ready to have reasonable conversations when that question is presented to us. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's time for Jason, but also guess who else is here? She has a question for you. Hillary. Oh. What difference at this point does it make? <laughs> you were waiting for that one, weren't you, Steve? You betcha. <laughs> hey, Jason McBride, how are you doing this morning? I just went deaf in my right ear. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. So, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, what is on your mind this morning? Well, you know, I was going to ask you a question. You know what the difference is between yesterday's uh, big market rally and all the Democratic candidates? What? Well, there was more than meets the eye with yesterday's rally. How's that? Less than meets the eye with the candidates. Oh, boy, you and Steve, I tell you what, you both think that you're Mr. Humor, don't you? Well, you know, you give it a try, too. We can't be any worse than your jokes, right? Oh, Jason. Oh, see, you had to come after me. Now I'm going to be on Steve's side. I was sticking up for you before. Oh, man, that that hurt. That hurt. So I know, I know. So what's what's going on? What do you think is going to happen today? Well, uh, today I'm not sure, but I'll tell you there was a lot of really interesting factors to look at yesterday when we got this big up move. Uh, one thing 
is that we haven't had any distribution days in the market since we got the follow-through move on June 7th, so that's very positive. Uh, the index has either stayed right above their 50-day moving average and then moonshotted above, uh, away from it yesterday, or the NASDAQ, which was right below it, uh, shot back above it. That was very positive. Uh, as far as kind of the economy and, and other things, uh, Mario Draghi, who's the chief banker in the EU, reaffirmed that he has a very dovish, dovish stance on interest rates yesterday and that they'll do whatever it takes to keep their economy going. Uh, of course, the big news was that Trump said he and President Xi will uh, meet at the G20 meeting next week in Tokyo. Um, another interesting one, Kim, with all this talk on how you know, big a damage these tariffs could cost and everything. Uh, there was there was a calculation done yesterday that even if Trump put the 25% tariff on all Chinese goods, that would be equivalent to 0.4% of our entire GDP. So it, it's really not even a big deal. Uh, also, this is interesting. Did you know there's a 24% probability that the fed will cut rates by a quarter of a percent today no that's what they're saying i don't see it but uh that's what kind of the futures are saying now this wouldn't kind of knock me to the floor there's a the futures are indicating a 94 percent probability that the fed will cut rates at the july meeting hmm. and i i don't i don't see why i don't see our economic indicators really slowing down uh, but we do have a couple of more months' worth of indicators to look at between now and then, so I guess anything can happen. But uh, I thought that was pretty pretty stunning myself. Yeah, that is pretty stunning because, uh, you know, if we have GDP growth, what we've had, I don't know, I find that kind of interesting that the Fed would uh, loosen money up. That's, hmm. Yeah, well, so well I'm not going to complain. No, no, I that's for sure. It was interesting. Yeah, but, it, yeah, we had a lot of really uh, good both technical fundamental and uh, I don't know what else you'd call it governmental things going on yesterday that all kind of put fuel on the fire for the nice big up move we had. Okay well we'll keep an eye on that and uh, I know that one of the things that you really are into is helping people with their own personal economic well-being uh, their own economic prosperity and so if people want to talk with you or your good colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management uh, go to our landing page it's chickspresidential.com that's chickspresidential.com, and there's all kinds of great information there. That's right. Uh, you know, one of the things that's there is uh, myself and a lot of the other fine folks at Presidential, we do a podcast every week on a different subject. And, and you know, they're not fluff. There's a lot of good, solid meat on the bones, I think, with our podcast where you could really pick up some good information and then learn something that could be very helpful to you. So uh, click the podcast uh, link and then kind of flip through the ones we've done. And, uh, you know, I don't know how else to put it, Kim. If you don't have anything better to do, have a listen. <laughs> well, I tell you what, knowledge is, is power. So Jason McBride, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great show, Kim. Thank you so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Audrey Carlson is in studio as uh, our guest chick. 
and she's with Liberty Oil Field Services, and uh, it's it's a really great company. Um, you you saw a problem and you solved it. That's a free market idea. It's such a great thing. But Chris Wright, the founder, has done this very important video on health and hydrocarbons, and I watched it, and it just all of a sudden it just made so much sense. So you're going to talk about that when we come back. Perfect. Can't okay. wait. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And we are having a conversation today with Audrey Carlson, Liberty Oilfield Services, about health and hydrocarbons. And the intimate link between the two. And there's a link. Okay. Absolutely. So tell us about it. Well, we were, you were talking a lot about um, media, and I think that one of the big, in my industry, one of the mishaps is that our industry and what we're doing for the world usually gets spin around on its head to a negative thing. But um, the link of health, health and hydrocarbons and environment and hydrocarbons is actually really, really strong. And our story is such a good one to tell. So I'm happy to be here telling the story. Well, most definitely. And uh, on the promo that I did is um, with his wife, Thomas Jefferson had six children. Uh, two of them made it to adulthood. One died in childbirth. The other one only made it to old age. And then Abraham Lincoln had four sons, and only one of his sons made it to adulthood. And the comment that was made by Chris on the video is, did they have bad luck? What was the answer? The answer was they were born before the age of hydrocarbons. So um, really, once hydrocarbons hit the scene, there's actually two main things that we talk about of, of changing the human experience. And it happened in the middle or the second half of the 1800s. One is the arrival of human liberty. So we're talking property rights um, that really sparked in England and then spread throughout the world, um, giving humans the power to go and forge their own success. Uh, And the second one is the arrival of oil and gas. So giving the energy in order to find those successes. Well, and, you know, I actually have have a personal experience on that is uh, my grandmother grew up on the plains of western Kansas in a two-room sod house. So there were, I think there were six or seven children, two parents, 
two rooms, sod house, and they burned, there weren't many trees out there, so they burned buffalo dung, they burned, you know, for, for fuel. So how is it that her granddaughter, just two generations later, can drive over here in a comfortable car, I have a cell phone computer, you're here, I mean, how does that work? I think it's because of energy. It's definitely energy. So before, in the, the last 200 years, the primary source of, of fuel, like you said, is biofuels. Um, until the arrival of coal, uh, the forests of England were completely deforested before they they were unfortunate to to be completely deforested before those different sources of energy came to light. Um, but thinking about life expectancy, that's one of the easiest mm-hmm. things to grasp. So from 2,000 years ago to 200 years ago, best case, 35 years. That's like the average lifespan worldwide. Um, and then we see hydrocarbons hit the scene. And since hydrocarbons, life expectancy has doubled. So from 2,000 years ago to 200 years ago, 1,800 years, life expectancy hadn't changed. Hydrocarbons come in. Um, energy comes in and allows humans to flourish. And uh, life expectancy doubles. So what is it exactly? Is it that energy... Uh, you know, we we have food, water. I mean, what is what is that difference that was able to actually increase life expectancy, almost double it? Well, there's. I think that that's that role between the human liberty and letting humans do their thing, and and giving them the energy to do so. Okay, so it, it, in the video, you talked about women. That women uh, in in economies before hydrocarbons spend at least an hour a day going out and trying to get fuel for the home, and then another hour trying to get water. Yeah. We take it for granted. Yeah, and that's not even, that's like, yes, that happened here in the United States, but this is something that's happening all over the world currently. So the arrival of fossil fuels and hydrocarbons to these to these low-income countries, um, the first per- people that are typically liberated are women because they're the ones that are responsible for gathering the wood because cows, we're not like cows where we can just eat grain and mm-hmm. digest it. We have to cook it. Mm-hmm. So in order to gather the wood, women are typically the ones going out and finding the wood, finding the water. So once you bring typical is LPG, liquid petroleum gas, that's the most typical cooking fuel. Um, once you bring that to these areas, to these remote areas, the women are the first ones that are liberated. So that's where you see spikes in education going up. Um, because they have time. Absolutely. Interesting. That is so interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, here I can. I have the. I have, so, I have so many things that I can talk. Then about. Let's okay. go. To, you go. I'm going to follow your lead. Okay. Okay. I well, first of all, I think I talked a little bit about um, life expectancy. So even currently, so we talked about the history of life expectancy. Now, um, the World Health Organization has uh, has a chart on. Um, on per capita energy comp, uh, cons- consumption. Um, and if you plot that together with life expectancy, it, there's a clear alliance on, on the more energy you, you consume, the longer you live. So there's like two extremes in this chart. There's Japan um, that lives 35 times longer than the low end of Chad. Um, and Japan also uses 100 times more energy. So this plot is an upward trend. You see exactly the more energy you consume, the healthier, longer lives that you live. Well, and also I thought I saw in the video regarding Chad, though, that they actually 
generally are living better than people did many, many years ago as well. Even though they're at the low end in today's standards, they're much higher than over history. That's exactly true. So before hydrocarbons, they're still they're still heads above what we used to be 200 years ago. So uh-huh. as I said before, I'm happy that I'm living, was born on this side of history. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd be looking for uh, wood and water right now. Exactly. Okay, next thing that you'd like to hit on. Um, Malnutrition. So I think that that's another World Health Organization, electricity access. So access to electricity, quite possibly the greatest inequality of people today. So there's a there's a heat chart of of all of our all of the countries around the world. And um, on the website, the the countries that don't have access to electricity are red. The countries that do are green. If you put that map side to side with a picture of malnutritioned five-year-olds, the same, same color scheme, you cannot tell the difference. So just as we're, we're talking about life expectancy, the lower energy consumption that you have, you tend to have more malnutritioned five-year-olds. So, so Niger um, in Africa has 80 times higher malnutrition five-year-olds than the U.S., yet they consume one two-hundredth of the amount of energy that we do here in the U.S. So, Audrey Carlson, it seems to me if we say that we care about other people, and we do, then it seems like instead of like in Colorado passing Senate Bill 181, which would really shut down uh, oil and gas development in, in Colorado, it seems like we would be trying to do things to responsibly augment that. Yeah, in in the U.S., so the shale revolution that's happening in the U.S., that's sweeping the entire nation. So basically before, uh, in the last, really the last 10 years, we used to be able to just stick a straw down, suck up, um, and then we saw that. You're talking about oil and gas, yeah. Yes, oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And now and now with the, sh- with the shale revolution, we're, we're able to get oil and gas out of these tight shale formations. So that's why hydraulic fracturing has come to light and really expanded um, the reach of, of what we can produce here in the United States. And what that has done, what we're producing here in the United States has sparked this movement across the entire world, lifting people out of poverty by, um, you know, decreasing the price of energy and that might allow someone to get their first lpg stove or they might allow them to get their first moped so they're not not or even their first bicycle Uh uh-huh oh my gosh now a couple of things we're going to go to break audrey carlson and two things i think we need to explain hydraulic fracturing a little bit to people and then i'd like the the creativity and innovation of liberty oil field services you know one of the things that has been um, a concern in in Colorado that people have said is that when a well is fracked, and typically it only takes about thirty days, isn't it, to, to frack a well? No, 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 even shorter than that. Typically, in one well, we it's like four days. Okay, and that can be a very loud process. Yeah. And so, what you guys did is uh, the other thing you mentioned, both human liberty and oil and gas, is you used resourcefulness, creativity, and innovation, and you. You address the problem. And Liberty Oil Field Services, I've been out and I've seen it. It's quiet. It and so quiet. people are concerned about noise. So you said, well, fix it. And you did. Well, I think it's, I think all oil and gas companies that we work for as our customers, they're extremely concerned about being good neighbors. I mean, it is a nuisance. We're in their backyard thinking about, like, 
you think about building a Starbucks across the street from you, there's going to be noise and it's going to be traffic and all of those things. So, so as a service company, we're, we're trying to think about ways to make that process easier, not only for the communities, but for our customers to operate inside the communities. And so instead of saying that you can't have Starbucks across the street, figure out a way to be a good neighbor, right? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to go to break. I'd like to talk a little bit more about hydraulic fracturing and then also uh, anything else that you want to hit. But in the video, you talked about particulate matter. And I think that we need to talk a little bit about that as well. So this is Kim Munson with the Ameritrix. Ameritrix. I have Audrey Carlson in studio with Liberty Oilfield Services. We're talking about the the inextricable link, the, the link between health and hydrocarbons. It's a fascinating, uh, just a fascinating conversation. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 14th through Thursday, June 20th, features will include Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88 drivein.net you get more out of life when you go out to a movie you'd like to get in touch with one of kim munson's sponsors but you can't recall their phone number find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Charlie decided to go with 40s music this morning, huh? I like it. Uh, thrilled to have in studio with me uh, Audrey Carlson with Liberty Oilfield Services. I know I sounds like I'm talking fast. People have said, slow down, slow down. But we have so much we want to talk about. So Audrey Carlson, you said that there are two things that have really uh, helped human flourishing, and that was human liberty and oil and gas development. And one of the, the amazing things that has happened is hydraulic fracturing. And the, those that, that, that want to keep us away from oil and gas and the thriving that happens for everyday people have in some ways given fracking a bad name. Can you explain what fracking is exactly? Yeah, if you think about, like, um, so shale is as tight as, like, what your granite countertop would feel like. Okay. It's very, very tight, but inside that shale there's oil and gas. So what is what we're doing with, when we frack a well um, is we're pumping water down at high pressures to create tiny little hairline fracks um, in the rock. Pressures, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they're actually held open by sand. 
Okay. So a tiny grain of sand. So people, when they think about fracking, they think about these giant cracks underground. But we're two miles underground, two miles out when we're doing horizontal drilling, which is another fabulous mm-hmm. invention um, um, to preserve some of our surface surface area. Um, but And then these tiny cra- fractures that we're creating in the rock are just held open by a grain of sand. And then we work our way from the toe of the well back down to the heel, creating all this little tiny fracture system and then releasing that oil and gas when we start pressurizing the, the well. And, you know, and that has made America... Uh, energy independent. And that changes things in the the whole geopolitical realm of the world. It's a very important thing when we are not having to be dependent on others. And it's because of this creativity and innovation. Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, it's, I'm so excited about what we're doing for here in America, but also what it's doing for the world and world poverty. Um, Energy poverty is something that is an issue just in our country, but it's a big issue around around the whole entire world and, and the access to clean energy, um, access to energy in general, um, trying to get people away from, from burning biofuels um, and releasing those particulate matter in the air. And that, that particulate matter, and again, this is on that video, uh, and particulate matter is really kind of the one of the number one um, pollutants, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, particulate matter is a is a huge issue. So um, and that comes from the biofuels. Yeah, primarily. a lot of it comes from the biofuels. So there's three million people that die every year from indoor air pollution. So a lot of that is either um, cooking with with wood, dung, sticks, um, heating their house. Uh, but but it's really there. If you look at a map with particulate matter with concentration by country, um, out of the major economic powerhouses the u.s by far has the cleanest air um we're we're the ninth in the world for the cleanest air in the nine um other countries below us are island countries with very very low um population okay you mean all the the other countries that have cleaner air cleaner air uh, okay are typically island countries and and so we're a big country yeah and we're doing a lot of stuff we're doing a lot of stuff and particulate matter is not really an issue here especially that indoor particulate matter but in poor countries it's a huge issue and it's completely addressable with modern and better energy okay and i know that uh, chris Wright, the founder of liberty oilfield services has traveled to a number of different countries because this whole uh energy poverty and and uh, you know just poverty people's well-being that seems to be something that's really on his heart and uh, so responsible efficient abundant energy he realizes is good here in america it's good for people across the globe absolutely and and it's it's awesome to celebrate lower oil prices lower gas prices so since we were talking about the shale revolution since the shale revolution U.S. oil production has doubled, and at the same time, price of oil has cut in half. And we see the same thing with natural gas. So what that means to you and I is it's a trillion dollars that's transferred from energy producers to energy consumers, which everyone here, even you, Steve, are energy (laughs) consumers. Um, He consumes a lot of energy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Energy consumers. So that, that, that wealth transfer, it's $200 per person worldwide. So $200 for a person, I mean, it's a lot for me. I buy a couple nice pair of shoes, but it's also, it's it's transformative for people that are living under the poverty line. I think our energy consumer, Steve, wants to say something. No? No, you just kind of caught me off guard. I'm (laughs) going to 
I'm like trying to take all this in at the same time, and all of a sudden you kind of snap me back well, into. See, well, see, wait a minute. See, when Kim goes and throws it back at you, I felt like I needed to jump in there. Well, thank you for that. Um, okay, so wind and solar. This is something that I thought was very important in the uh, in the video as well, is that 80% of the world's energy comes from hydrocarbons. And then another 18%, that's probably water uh, or hydro... Um, what do you call that? Uh, water? Uh, is it hy- uh, hydro. Uh, hydro, yeah, hydro okay. energy. Okay, only 2% of the world's energy comes from wind and solar. But yet you, we're seeing this big push for that, and it's not nearly as reliable. I, I can't quite figure out why, you know, we have something that's really working, but yet there's this move to try to get us to something that, that is only 2% of the energy source. Yeah, it's, and in, and in the United States, it's the same exact thing. But I think it's more importantly to look at the cost of that. Okay. So, so if Germany is a perfect example, Germany has really gone all in with renewables, um, and currently Germany has three times higher electricity price than the U.S. Um, and not to mention, or not to forget, more like um, over the last decade, Germany has decreased their per capita CO2 emissions less than the United States has. So, United States has more of a free market approach in most areas. Um, Colorado is soon to change with a couple of the new um, new laws that have passed in this last session. Um, but California is an example of similar to to um, Germany. Um, California's energy has changed their energy system, um, resulting in in a consumer electricity costs that are fifty percent higher than the national average, um, and industrial electricity price that are eighty percent higher than the national average. So that's devastating for poor people um, in California. And now California has now claimed the throne of. Um, the highest adjusted poverty rate in the entire nation with 20%, almost 20% of Californians are below the line of poverty um, because of that shift in, in their uh, energy system. Um, and that's devastating. That's I crazy. tell you what, uh, Audrey Carlson, this seems uh, to actually be in America where we have these abundant resources and to be using policy like that the, they're doing in California and that we're starting to try to do here in Colorado. It increases the prices. It looks to me like we're going to be creating energy poverty right here in uh, Colorado and California. Yeah, I mean, Colorado already, we're talking about energy poverty on a, on a worldwide basis, which is insane. But we have energy poverty here in the United States, in Colorado. Um, one of the... One of the um, Highest concentration of low-income families is in the San Luis Valley. And out of those low-income households, 25% in Colorado still heat their home primarily with wood. So we talked a little bit about particulate matter and how that affects humans' health. Um, So that is an issue that's happening here in Colorado. Boy, it seems that we we should be espousing policies that are going to help people uh, have more energy instead of putting them into energy uh, poverty because these policies, what I see, it's going to cre- increase our uh, electricity costs significantly. So, Audrey Carlson, first of all, great to have you here. We're just about out of time. What would be the final thought that you would like to leave with our listeners? I think it's important to just look at the whole picture of energy, look at the costs, look at the look at the benefits of what you're choosing to to use as energy, whether you're walking on your feet or you're turning on your natural gas heater. Um, energy poverty matters, 
And what we're doing here in the United States is sparking this change throughout the entire world. Well, and and to that point, if we have uh, politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that are trying to stifle responsible, efficient, and abundant energy development, I think we need to, to take that into account when we go to the ballot box. So, Audrey Carlson, thank you so much. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here, always. Okay, and our quote for today, again, is from Russell Kirk. He says, The conservative thinks of political policies as intended to preserve order, justice, and freedom. The ideologue, on the contrary, thinks of politics as a revolutionary instrument for transforming society and even transforming human nature. In his march towards utopia, the ideologue is merciless. And so we have a great battle that is going on in America today, the battle of ideas. And is it the idea to preserve order, justice, and freedom? Or is it over here on the other side that is actually merciless? And so that is why we do this show every day. And so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.